0: This is the Village Church Q&A Podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
1: Hey, Village Church, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A Podcast. Pastor Tim, Pastor Michael, and Pastor Craig in the studio. Pastor Michael, what are we talking about this week? All right, this week, uh, we are
2: finishing uh, a series on spiritual warfare, the spiritual realm. Pastor Craig, howdy. You're here in the studio with us. Good to be here. And uh, you just preached a few sermons, actually, on um, spiritual warfare, Mm -hmm. the spiritual realm. They're awesome. And so what we did today, this morning, is a live Q&A with the three of us at the Village Church. Um, In fact, um, on the Q&A podcast, there should be two bonus episodes, uh, one with our 9 a.m. service and one with our 11 a.m. service, because um, there were about, I think, half of the questions between the services were different. And uh, so our audience, you could go check that out. And um, so what we're going to do today is all of the questions that we could not get to, um, we are going to do a shotgun approach to answering them all throughout the week. So I believe we have just under 30, 30 questions. We're going to get through five or six a day. And uh, our goal is to honor every single person who submitted a question. I love you guys. So appreciate um, your submission of those questions. Uh, really some great ones, a few not so great ones. <laughs> we'll get to those. <laughs> and uh, all of them, though, I, I think really just give us an insight into what our church is working through, mm-hmm. um, how they're processing some things, and also just evidence that Um, In any church, people are all over the board. I mean, you have non-Christians who are trying to, like, grapple with this reality. You have really mature Christians who... You know, probably have a thick enough worldview and biblical perspective to filter most of these questions. Mm-hmm. And then there's just, honestly, the majority of people which are trying to figure it out. And uh, so it's an honor um, to be with you guys. We had a lot of fun this morning mm-hmm. and uh, sure went did. from uh, laughing to crying to not really any crying, actually. But <laughs> no, no, there might have been. So anyways, um, our first question, uh, Pastor Tim, you wanted to take this one. We told our uh, church that we would go with this one first. And right. the question goes like this. How do we discern between someone who is demonically possessed and someone suffering from mental illness. I know you have a lot of thoughts. I got opinions, a lot of on thoughts this. on this. So to categorize, let's talk about some of the more extreme um, aspects of mental illness. Uh, how can I um, know whether or not this is uh, an actual mental illness or a demonic, uh, we'll say uh, possession or oppression?
1: Okay. So from a biblical worldview, we hold to clearly there is a difference between mental illness in these extreme cases of mental illness and demonic possession or demonic activity. There are some churches that would hold to, they are one and the same, but I know the three of us have talked about this medically. There are differences yep. and these differences have the same uh, symptoms many times, but just like the difference between night and the eclipse they have similar appearances, but their causes are quite different. Mm. So let me just give you uh, six of these factors that really will help the listener and help us as we process how do they look different? What are the causes? And, and maybe it'll make a little more sense here as I go through it. The first one is attraction versus aversion to religion. A person that has a mental illness is going to uh, respond positively to sharing scripture, to love, and to uh, biblical uh, care and concern. A person that is demonically possessed— You bring out the Bible and watch Mm. what happens. When I
2: shared the story this morning about the demonic um, possession, whenever Jesus' name was mentioned, it was like,
1: you know, but that's very different than mental illness. Absolutely. A person with mental illness is not gonna respond that way. A demon-possessed person does not want to glorify God, does not wanna hear scripture, doesn't wanna even be close to the Bible. The second one is irrational speech versus rational speech. A person with severe mental illness their their talk, their, their language it often is just illogical. It makes no sense whatsoever. And it's because mentally there's chemicals going on that are not functioning the way they should. But a demon-possessed person, their speech is totally rational, totally logical. Every example we have in the New Testament and some in the Old Testament where we see demons talking through the person— Everyone knows exactly what they're saying. They are speaking uh, very clearly, very specifically, and, and it makes total sense to those around us. Yep. Ordinary learning versus supernatural learning. A person that has a mental illness, they have the learning that they have been taught, they, the learning that they have attained on their own. Mm. A demon-possessed person, they will know things that an ordinary person will not know. And, and make a distinction here, clearly. A person that is demon-possessed is that demon has had years of watching mankind, humanity, mess up and sin. And they have seen things that the average human being has never seen.
2: I've never considered those three things Mm -hmm. in my life
1: before. That's like super. brilliant. Okay. Three more. Normal versus occult phenomenal. A person that is suffering from a severe mental illness, there won't be things such as the tables levitating and books moving. There won't be this occult phenomenal going on around them, but mm-hmm. a demon-possessed person, they will be surrounded by very, very strange uh, poltergeist, uh, just trances. Uh, they will go into more severe-type convulsions, um, we read about that in scripture where uh, the person throws himself in the fire. Um, th- a person suffering from a severe mental illness doesn't normally act like that. That's very uh, abnormal. So if you start seeing that, that's typically, not always, but typically a sign
2: that's of a one That's a yep.
1: indication that there is more going on here than a chemical imbalance in the person's mm-hmm. body. Yeah. This next one is really important. The claim to be possessed. A person that is suffering from a severe mental illness, often will claim that they have a demon. They will often claim that there is uh, there's something supernatural going on. But a person that is demon-possessed will rarely do that. Mm. They wanna hide what's really going on. And it's only when uh, Jesus encounters the people that are demon-possessed that he calls that out. And he's he's identifying what's going on mm. there the person doesn't say, hey, I've got a demon and this is why I'm acting this way. It's good to be omniscient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And most of us don't have that ability. Ha <laughs> ha, none of us do. But that, that claim to be possessed by the devil or the demon, that is something that is done on the mental illness side, mm. not on the true possession side. And then the, then the last one is, what is the result of therapy? A person that is suffering from a severe mental illness would meet and 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 be counseled and and re- receive treatment for a mental illness, and the response would be change. The response would be growth. The response would be help. They would in proportion with their capacity. In, 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 yes, exactly. A person that is suffering from uh, or being possessed by the devil or or demons. All those medical treatments, mm. it's, it's like giving penicillin to a demon-possessed person. It's not going to have any effect. Mm. Those are clear distinctions, six, that we see every one of those played out in the New Testament examples of demon possession.
2: That's really helpful. So, um, Craig, let's—the the second question is in line with this. Um, they ask, how do we know that any of the demon possession or spiritual activity in the Bible wasn't really just a sickness or disease or mental illness? and that people of that time didn't know any better, and Jesus didn't want to blow up their worldview. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, mm.
0: I, I, again, never thought of this
2: either. How would you
0: respond to that? Well, Jesus being omniscient really helps. Uh, the fact that he he knows what he's dealing with before he even gets there. Yep. Um, but it's interesting. The disciples also had this ability to see demonic activity identified as such, and they were given the authority to cast out demons. It's like they had clear categories, like what Tim was just talking about. They,
2: they had this training. Like, I've never heard anybody say, three quarters of what Tim just said in terms of distinguishing. Yeah. And it sounds like they had some of this basic training a little bit more intuitively than maybe we do.
0: Yeah, and when you look at scripture and realize that if demons actually exist, which which they do, mm-hmm. uh, if that's the case then they are going to they're going to kind of uh, hone in on where most of the good spiritual activity is taking place. So Jesus being here on the earth in in real time god in human flesh, obviously all all, all you know, all holds barred, we're going to have a whole lot of demonic activity right there around Jesus Christ. That's right. So when you read that in the New Testament, this demon's getting cast out and that demon's get, getting cast out, if you filter that to now and say, well, that's a lot of demon activity then, so there must be a lot now, you're kind of missing, missing the boat there because you have God in human flesh. So there's a lot of demonic activity. Yep. But you still have people getting sick and dying and that, and that kind of thing. And I think uh, Jesus being omniscient You know, unfortunately, that that is where we come down to if we look at scripture and and read it for what it is, he had the ability and the disciples were given the ability to understand the difference between what people who are sick and those uh, who are demon possessed,
2: which is a difference. that's healing versus casting out a demon. They're different categories. Uh, What's interesting is the question says, uh, Jesus, maybe he didn't want to blow up their worldview. And personally, I think Jesus enjoyed blowing up I people's worldviews yeah. um, <laughs> at, at any moment where he could enter into um, either how they treated women or how they viewed spirituality or how they viewed God, how they viewed the nature of depravity of man. I mean, every corner, Jesus is dismantling their worldview and reforming them, you know, in the image of Christ. So. And
1: clearly Jesus made a distinction. He healed people. Yeah. Of physical illnesses. He healed them of physical problems, Mm -hmm. but he also cast out demons. He knew what he was doing. He was doing both. And when he sent out the 70, they were doing exactly the
0: same. He sent them out to heal the sick Mm -hmm. and to cast out the demons. There was a distinction. All right, Michael. So we're going to move on. The next question is, why doesn't the armor of God have any protection for my spiritual buttocks? <laughs> <laughs> now, this one is a great one to, to throw your way. No, yeah, right. I'm, it literally s-
2: said, for Michael.
0: For Michael. And I have a real problem. Like, there's three buttocks sitting around the table right yeah, now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so why doesn't the armor of God yeah. cover my spiritual buttocks? Well, okay, so I okay. True this story. is just for you, Michael. This is just for me. And right? I've never heard the fact that we have spiritual buttocks, but let's say now we, we did, do, right? You know, okay. so Maybe we do. I,
2: I I walked into the into the studio and I'm like, hey guys, check out this question. And I just thought it was funny, and then all of a sudden you guys <laughs> were like, no, that's serious. It yeah, yeah serious. absolutely. And yeah, that's a good question. Uh,
1: and I had never thought of this before. So uh-huh. Pastor Tim, Punt, boo. All right, here we go. So when guys go into battle as warriors, often it said. You got my back. Yes, I got your back. You got my back. Yeah, I got, you I back. got your back. So they would literally back up, back to back, and do hand to hand combat. Each of the each of the two would be guarding each other's spiritual buttocks. I love They'd it. be guarding each other's back so that they couldn't be attacked. Our only offensive weapon is the sword, Mm. is the word of God. And so often when you go into battle and you're the the weaker of the two warriors, what do you do? You get behind the stronger warrior. Mm. You back up to him so you know he's going to protect you. And that's the way it should be played out.
2: And I love that. If you retreat, then you're going to get hit in oh, the butt, oh, no,
1: you don't you know? do that. And no so retreat.
2: that's kind of a motivation to no retreat. Like, okay, if you turn around and run away, then you're totally vulnerable. You're vulnerable. On your backside. Yeah. This person, I think they were joking, but we made this serious. That's like, <laughs> don't mess with us. The same person asked a question and said, is Satan the only one that can cause illness? And can Satan go around and
0: heal? Ooh, okay. Hmm. Craig, yeah. <laughs> but, can can Satan cause illness? Absolutely not. Satan can't do anything unless God allows him and be gives permitted. him the authority to do that. Okay, now,
2: so if God allows, if him, God
0: allows him, can he can. He? Job is a perfect example of yep. that, right? He's, and, and God said, you can go this far, but no further. You can mm-hmm. give him an illness, you can take away all his stuff, but you can't kill him. Mm-hmm. So God puts these parameters around us and because he's, he has all authority, and especially over his children. Mm-hmm. So he protects us, but sometimes he gives the devil the ability to harm our bodies. Does that mean that every time our bodies get harmed, it is Satan? Absolutely no, not. Correct. Yep. Um, in fact, God may use Satan to get his will done, and that's very difficult, too, but even with the illustration of Paul with a thorn in the side, the spirit was given this ability to put a thorn in, in Paul's side. We're never told what it is, but it was some sort of a physical ailment that prevented him from being what he thought all he could be.
2: I believe it was an, a literal thorn. I read the Bible <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Just just kidding. He needed a doctor. Real thorn.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) If only there was a doctor. Tweezers, my kingdom for tweezers.
2: (laughs) That was 1800 years later. Sorry, Paul.
1: (laughs) So the listener goes on and asks this question. Thank you, Tim.
0: Is illness
1: always (laughs) caused by sin? I I have a very – that's a trick
2: question because it doesn't – like I know what they're asking. They're saying, okay – uh, I messed up here. Does that mean that God responded with some kind of cosmic karma and then gave me this disease or illness? No. No. But all illness is a result of our sin that is in us.
1: Yeah, and it's the result or the world, of or the world around us. Yes. Yeah, it's the result of the fall mm-hmm. of, yeah. of Adam yeah. and Eve, yeah. and it, we're suffering the consequences. Yep. You know the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel preachers—they would teach this very thing. Mm-hmm. If you're sick, it's caused by sin. Mm-hmm. Can you tell uh, I don't like them very much. I, I don't like them either. Yeah, and, and Job's friends, though, would be their best buds yeah, because dumb. that's exactly what they said to Job. You know, hey. You clearly have sinned. That's why you're suffering, Mm -hmm. and it's your fault, Job. You've Mm -hmm. sinned. Now just confess your sin, and God will bless you again, and you'll be back on your feet. False. All right. Well, let's wrap this up.
2: Uh, That was a lot of fun. We've got a whole bunch more questions. And uh, tomorrow, we're going to shotgun again. And uh, some of the subjects coming up are going to be about eternal damnation. Why does God still allow Satan to have control of the earth? Are children more susceptible to spiritual attacks? How do I know if my home or marriage is under spiritual oppression and what it could be caused by? Whew, gosh. lots of big ones. This is loaded. So um, come back tomorrow, audience. Really, really grateful that you were joining us. And again, I want to point you back um, to our 9 o'clock service and 11 o'clock service from this past Sunday. They're um, bonus episodes on this podcast, and they're also on the Village Church um, sermon podcast, and they're also on the Village Church app where you can go and you can submit your questions. You can find that at the Google Store and the iTunes Store. If you're really a Christian, you'll find it on the iTunes Store. And uh, so I want to invite you back tomorrow. Pastor Craig, Pastor Tim, and myself, we're going to be here. It'll be a party.